God's word to you. Um, the subject for this morning is faithful, oh, sorry, try again, not faithfulness, fruitfulness in service. Um, thing around our verse for the year from John chapter 15. Um, faithfulness in service. Um, first thing I'd like to put on is that little statement there. Um, as I've been thinking and praying this week about, um, well, just putting all the bits and pieces together for my message. Um, that's the phrase that God apart. Church is a people who just happen to meet in a building. Do I need to swap mics? Okay. Church is about you and me. We are the church. And it's so easy when you're involved in a building project. On Friday, I was at a, a CAP conference, which was really interesting. Um, but I was speaking to somebody else whose church were involved in a building project. And we were just sharing how easy it is to get overtaken with a building and the practicalities of what's going on. But church is us. It's you. It's me. It's what we do for Christ. That's what will make the difference. It's no good having a big, new, beautiful building with lots of possibilities and nobody to do the things that God would want us to do. It's about building a people who will serve. And the building is a means to an end to help us to do that. But really it's about you and me. And our building, is it growing? Are we getting closer to Jesus? Churches are people who just happen to meet in a building. I'd like to read some verses from Scripture. The first one is from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good, good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Can Christians exist on their own without church? Yes, they can. And in many countries, they don't have a choice because they are not, they're not able, able to meet. But God's desire is that we would come together and meet and spur each other on. I love that phrase. Spur each other on. You're going to see later on in the message that there's quite some referrals to one of my slight favourite subjects, which is football. And, um, you know, when the crowd are behind the team, they call it the 12th man on the pitch, spurring them on. And you can see the lift when the crowd starts to rise and cheer on their team. How much more for us? Sometimes it's not easy to be a Christian, is it? Sometimes we go through tough times. But that's when we encourage one another. That's when church, that's when people come to the fore. That's why we meet together. That's why we pray for one another. That's why we encourage each other. And it talks in the Bible about marriage, about when one's weak, the other lifts them up and vice versa. And that's what church is about. Some weeks you might come into church and you're thinking, what am I doing here? I am empty. I have nothing. 
and somebody just comes and encourages us. Some weeks we come full of the joys of spring. Isn't God good? That's when we need to encourage others. We all go through different things, but church is about encouraging one another. God's desire is that we come together whenever we can to meet together and encourage one another. Ephesians 5.25 Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christ loves the church. You and me. Christ loves us. Christ wants to move us on. Christ wants to be alongside us. He wants to be our Abba Father. He doesn't want a distant relationship. He wants to be close alongside her. Christ loves the church. Christ loves you and me. Ephesians 5, 29. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. He cares and he feeds us. Isn't that wonderful? Have you ever seen a baby that's not growing? I worked with somebody and their child wasn't growing. There was obviously something wrong. You know, Christ feeds us, but we've got to do the eating. We've got to come to the table. We've got to take part in it. Otherwise, we don't grow. You've all been haunted by the pictures we've seen of the famine and the kids. Breaks your heart, doesn't it? Just a bag of bones. People who haven't been fed. I just thought of the spiritual analogy. Are some of us not being fed and we're getting weak and feeble because we're not taking in from God's word. We're not feeding upon God. I just challenge you when you see those pictures. Yes, pray for those people. But let's pray for our own spiritual food that we don't become like that. This is the main thrust of my message this morning. I'm going to read the whole chapter from 1 Corinthians 12. So if you just bear with me as I read this through. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit, to us, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, 
every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. We are the body of the church. And every one of you, every one of you is a part of that body. doesn't matter what we are, whether we're an ear, whether we're a nose. Let's not go into that this morning. What we are, but we are a part of a body. And God wants us to play our part. And he has placed us in this body. You are all here for a purpose. There's no strange reason why you're here this morning. You're here because God wants you to be here. God has put you in this church for a purpose. The question is, are you fulfilling the reason why you're here? Are you functioning as part of the body? If there were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Do you feel indispensable this morning? And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. Well, our presentable parts need no special treatment. Do you feel an insignificant part this morning? You're not. It's all part of the body. And without you, the body doesn't function as well. But God has put the body together, great, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. When a body doesn't function properly, it affects the whole body. There are parts of our body that when they don't work, they have a knock-on effect and it affects so many other things. So it is with the body. If we're not functioning as we should, we affect other people. If we're grumbling and complaining, we affect the body. If we're not encouraging, we affect the body. First of all, it affects us, because if I have a grumbling spirit, if I have a spirit that's not at one, it affects me, because my relationship with God is muted. But it also affects others. It affects the rest of the body. Am I, are we, causing division in the body by not being together, by not encouraging, by not supporting one another, by not supporting what God is doing only I can answer that question if one part suffers every part suffers with it if one part is honoured every part rejoices with it you know when we see people that are going through tough times they can vouch as we can of a family over the last month the support we get from others is immense and the peace of God is immense now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it do you feel part of the body 
if you don't feel part of the body there's a reason there's something that needs to be dealt with if you don't feel part of what God's doing there are some issues that you need to deal with you need to come before God and say what is it what's the issue and we usually start by doing this it's so and so if only they didn't if only they didn't we've all heard the analogy haven't we when we point the finger there's these three fingers that are pointing back at me is the problem me we're very good at blaming other people aren't we we learn as a child it's my brother it's my sister it was him it started right back in the garden didn't it the woman you gave me told me fellas would never do that anymore of course that's our ancient history we would never do that <laughs> shot down in flames and God has placed in the church first of all apostles second prophets third teachers then miracles then gifts of healing of helping of guidance of different kinds of tongues God's given all sorts of things for the church are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers do all work miracles do all have gifts of healing do all speak in tongues do all interpret and put the answer there no they don't they're all different now eagerly desire the greater gifts we're all part of a body are we functioning what's the purpose of the church here's my three W's there are more of course but we've kept it to three um, to witness to worship and to work together that's the function of the church but it's also our function too I need to witness I need to worship and we all need to work together for the purposes that God has put us here to help and to disciple one another we should want to meet together it should be a joy it shouldn't be oh it's Sunday morning I've got to get up I want to come and meet my Lord I want to worship I want to meet my friends I want to just be in God's presence I wonder if that's what we said this morning our oh, alarm clock's gone our desire should be to be in God's presence and the presence of his people to just meet with Jesus the purpose of the church what about the responsibilities in the church as I said before you're not here just by chance you're a part of the body and the body has responsibilities we don't like that word today do we you know in all walks of life there are the workers and there are the takers for many years I, I ran a cricket team and there were probably two or three people that did all the work the rest would turn up on a Saturday they expected the food to be there they expected the, the kit to be there they expected everything to be there and they'd turn up five minutes before the game started and they'd be the first to go after the game and they'd say wasn't it great 
But you know, if those two or three people weren't there, they wouldn't have a game to play. We use a little phrase in church. Are you a pew warmer? Or are you a worker? Do we walk in on a Sunday morning and we worship and praise and we walk out afterwards and say, that was very nice, thank you for another week. That's not your responsibility to the church. We all have a responsibility. We've talked about giving over recent weeks. I don't really want to focus on that this morning, but do you know, without us giving, the church wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have any heating this morning. We wouldn't have any lighting. We wouldn't have anything. Unless God's people give. It's our responsibility to give. It's our responsibility to pray. God answers prayer. God delights at the prayers of his people. How much time do we spend in prayer? Are we a bit like the children's prayer? God bless mummy, daddy, auntie, so-and-so, 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 so-and-so. And we come with a whole load of requests to God. And we laugh about it when children do it. But are we guilty of that sometimes? Or we say, God, what do you want me to do? Lord, what about this? Let's bear that person up in prayer. Let's bear this thing up in church in prayer. Let's bring it to God. Instead of, Lord, me, me, me. Joy, Jesus first, others second, and yourselves last. Support and encouragement. I remember... um, A preacher once saying, if you can't say anything positive, don't say anything. And it's so true, isn't it? If we can't say something positive, let's just hold it back. Yes, there is a time for discipline to say a word, but do you know, it should be in the proportion. Nine-tenths encouragement and one-tenth other when it's really necessary. I always use that, um, that principle with my kids. And when the time came for discipline, they were so much more ready to listen because most of the time, it was, I'm proud of you. Well done. You're doing a great job. So when the time came, actually, you got that wrong. You shouldn't have done that. You should say sorry. Do you know they were a lot more inclined to listen than if I were, don't do this, fetch this, bring that. And all the time, all they hear in their ear is that. They don't often hear the encouragement. And certainly when we need to bring up something that we do need to talk to them about, are they really listening or is it in this ear and out of the other? If we should be like that with our children, what about one another? Will you commit this morning to encourage somebody? Will you make that your demeanour? That you look out and say, God, what do you want me to do this morning? Who can I go to and encourage? If that was part of our ethos as a church, what a difference it would make. Can you imagine the shock for Pastor Phil if he comes back next week and he stood at the door and everybody's coming out, thank you for that, thank you for that, thank you for that. 
What an encouragement that would be to him. Witnessing. You know, if we don't go out and reach others, the chairs will never fill in this building. What's God's way to reach the world? It's you. It's me. It's imperfect. We're not often good at it. We often make a mess of it. But do you know, it's the method God chose. He chose to use you and me to open this and share God's word, to live a life that reflects Jesus. Are we doing it? You know, the ideal of any organisation, be it church or anything else, is that a lot of people to do a little. But most organisations work the other way. There's a few people do a lot. And the few people that do a lot end up absolutely shattered into the ground. I was at a conference, as I said, on Friday at CAP, and the CEO of CAP, Matt Barlow, was speaking, and he was saying, you know, sometimes as leaders, we can be so tired and driven into the ground. And he felt God was calling him to do something else, and he said, God, I have nothing left in me to give. I am running at 100 miles an hour. My tank is empty. And God gave him the word, yes, you can't do any more, but I want you to. So he said, how can that be? This thing just doesn't work. And he says, the way it works is you get other people to join you in your adventure. You can't do any more, but perhaps there's somebody that could take something off you so you could give that other job that I really want you to do. Rob was saying he wanted him to do something, which was to get back down to the bottom line and run a cap job club, although he was a CEO, to get right down and meet the clients and do that. And he really felt God was saying that. But he said, it's not possible. And God said to him, get somebody to come and join you in the adventure. Somebody else to take another job off him so he could do that. I wonder in this congregation this morning, is there a job you could take off somebody to enable them to do what God's really wanting them to do? I know there are people in this church this morning who are doing things because nobody else will. And the square pegs in round holes. They're being faithful to God, they're doing it, but it's not really the best that God asks for them. God asks something else. But do you know they're having to do that because you're that part that should be doing it. And you're not doing it. You're the part of the body. Whether you're an arm, a leg, an ear, a nose. But there's a purpose for you to be here. And you have a gifting that some other people don't have. And God wants you to use it. What could you do? Have you asked God, what could I do? What am I doing? What should I be doing? Because if you don't take those jobs up, some people will, and they're not functioning the body as it should, because they're not doing the thing that God really wants them to do. What purpose has God got for you this morning?
I had a wonderful illustration many years ago, and I've remembered it. You've probably all heard it, but it's good, so pin back your luggles and listen. A pastor once went to visit a man who believed that he didn't need to go to church. He could meet God at home. And he rarely, if ever, went into the church. And the pastor was challenged to go and speak to him. But he was one of those people who did a lot of talking and not much listening. We don't know many people like that, do we? And he was one of those. And he went in to meet the guy. And he lived in an old farmhouse with a coal fire. And the pastor came into the room. And the man started chumping at him. All the reasons why he shouldn't go to church. And the last time he went, what this person did, and it was always cold, and he started with his excuses. The pastor did nothing. He just got the tongs for the fire. He took a coal out, and he put it on the side. And this man went on for an infinite amount of time, complaining about the church, how useless it was. What was he doing coming here? And it went on so long that the coal got cold. And the pastor picked the coal up with his hand and put it back in the fire. And the man started on phase two. He told him all the things that were wrong with the church. And after a while, the pastor took the coal out with the tongs and put it. And he said, pick the coal up. He says, you've got to be joking. I'll burn myself. And then the pastor started after a few hours of listening to the man. He said, you're like the coal. When you're in the fire, the coals around you get you warm. And when you come out of the fire, that coal goes cold. But when that coal goes back in the fire, it warms it up again. He says, the reason you should go to church is that you need some coals to warm you up. Because you've grown cold. And that's why we meet in church together. That's why we meet together. I wonder, are we meeting together? Are we meeting with our saviour daily to get warmed up? Are we coming into church regularly so we can be warmed up? So we can give and pray, support, encourage and witness. I just want to finish with this illustration. And I want to ask you, I want you to ask yourself a question. And it's where am I? In relation to the church today. The pitch just happens to be a football pitch. Purely by accident. The pitch is where the action is. It's where the team's playing. It's where it's going on. In the church, are you on the pitch? Are you in the action? Are you involved what's going on? Are you involved in giving and witnessing and helping and all the things that we've talked about? Are you a reserve? You're with the team. You're trained up, but something's just holding you back. You're on the bench. You've not been picked. Are you in the changing room? Just because it's blue and white shirts, it's not Huddersfield, Jamie. Because <laughs> they've not got sad faces after yesterday. It's Brighton, yeah, you're right, blue and white shirts, well done. 
changing room, getting in shape, ready for action. But not on the pitch. Not quite ready yet. Maybe you're in the showers cooling off. You were once on the pitch. You were once involved. You once were on fire for God, but you know, life's just got to you. It's tough. And you're cooling off. Are you on the terraces? Watching the action? You could take part, but you're not quite there. But you're encouraging the team. Yeah, that's still good. Yesterday I was working at Leeds United and uh, we had a fight in the game. And it was all about a disagreement on a player. The vast majority of the crowd are encouraging, they're all happy. And there was one guy who was moaning. And boy was he moaning. And he had a loud voice. And he was, I won't even venture to say what he said. He said some very uncomplimentary things about a particular player. And another spectator took exception to him and um, dealt with him accordingly, shall we say. <laughs> and we had to uh, arrest him and take him out of the ground. You know, we can be on the terraces not encouraging the team, can't we? You know, the team needs encouragement. There's a place to be by being on the terraces encouraging the team. But you know, it's not the best. The best thing's to be on the pitch, to be involved. That's where the excitement comes. Every spectator would love to be on that pitch. They wish they were good enough to be on that pitch because that's the best place to be. Or are you watching on TV? Passing interest only. I've been praying particularly this week for somebody that God laid upon my heart. And, um, you know, sometimes we can come to church and we can just be interested in what's going on. And we can see the players on the pitch. We can see what's going on. And there's a sort of an interest. But something holds us back. We have a passing interest. We can see something. And we'd sort of like to be on the pitch. But something's just holding us back. We can't quite see. We want the answers to everything before we commit. You know, if you wait for all the answers, you'll never get it. For many years, I, I witnessed to my cousin. And my cousin always had to prove everything. And when we'd go on the train together, he'd always say, if you can show me God, I'll believe. And until you can, I won't believe. And I prayed for him for many years, and we had thousands and thousands of conversations about God. And he just wouldn't do it. He had to have everything proved. And then one day, uh, he rang me up and he said, can you come to Liverpool next weekend? Yeah, why? I'm being baptised. <laughs> Could have knocked me over with a feather. What? He said, it all falls into place. I've met Jesus. 
You see, he was waiting for all the answers. And I remember speaking to him a time after, as I said, John, have you got all your answers? He says, no, but it doesn't matter. Because I know Jesus. If you're waiting for all the answers this morning, you'll never find them. But Jesus is the answer. He just says, come and find me. And then you'll realise that I am God. That I love you. And that I can make all the difference in your life. Just let go this morning and say, Jesus, I'm here. I might not have all the answers, but would you come and reveal yourself to me? And when we do that, God does. I said, have you seen Jesus? He said, no, I've not seen him, but I felt him. I know he's real. And sometimes you just need to step out and to do that. How am I involved in my church? There we are. These are all off Google. If you put in Google, Sunbridge Road mission and images, these are the sort of things you get. Interesting. So there we are. That's our church. We're involved in witnessing. There's a little clip of real hope reaching out to the lost. Are we involved in something like that? Sorry, Meg. Sorry, Hillary. That's what came up on Google, so it wasn't my fault. I take no responsibility. Involved in serving. The loss won't be reached if there aren't people doing the jobs and the practicalities. Giving. If we don't give, there's not the facilities in the church, there's not the things to do. We all have a responsibility to do that. Prayer. I think this is our focus really as a church this year. Are we praying as a church about all that God's doing? Some dodgy people there. There's loads of stuff. It's the only one that's on Google. Go and do it yourself. Google images. It's when we went across the road there. I thought there's some really dodgy people there. One of them with a ball patch at the back because they took the wrong angle. You know, it's terrible, isn't it? Are we involved in those things? I want to challenge you this morning. I'm just going to ask the group to come up now and just, just pray, play um, some background music. I'm going to give you two challenges this morning. I want you to think where you are. Are you on the pitch where the action is? Are you in reserve, trained up, but something's holding you back? Are you in the changing rooms, getting in shape? The best way to get in shape is to get on with it. Are you in the showers cooling off? God wants you back on that pitch. Are you on the terraces? If you are, are you encouraging or discouraging? Or are you at a distance watching on TV? I was watching a clip the other day and it was a, a very old football match. And it went back to Hereford against Newcastle in year dot. I think it was about the 1970s, an FA Cup tie. Newcastle were in the top division and Hereford were a non-league team. And Hereford beat them with a wonder goal that was goal of the season from a guy called Ronnie Radford. But as I looked at that picture, there were two guys up the tree looking over the stadium. They couldn't get in the ground. They were looking out in the tree. 
I wonder how there's some like that. You're just looking in the ground, wishing, but not there. The next thing, I just want you to think which of those you are. But then my challenge is, you decide which of those you are. And then I want you to go and find a close friend and ask them which they think you are. A friend that will be honest with you. And that will answer where we are. Because this morning, I believe God wants to take some of us from the TV and the terraces and the showers and the changing rooms and say, I want you on the pitch. I want you involved in your church. I don't want you to be a heckler. I want you to be an encourager. We're all in this together and we need to encourage each other. Maybe afterwards you could even go and ask somebody, where are you? Make sure it's somebody you get on well with. <laughs> Don't want any punch-ups afterwards. I had enough arrests yesterday, thank you. And we've got a policeman here so he can help me out. But let's just be honest before the Lord. Let's just be quiet for a few moments as the group play and then we'll sing our final song. God this morning, if you do, there's a prayer team at the front that'd like to pray with you. But I really believe this morning that for some of you, God wants to move you from that place you are. And you can have all the excuses of why not. You're busy with family, you're busy with work. There's this, there's that, the other. And for some of you, you need to get on that pitch. And God really wants you. You need to find him and know him as your saviour. This morning, do a transaction with God. And if it'll help you to come and talk with somebody, whether it's during the singing of the last song, whether it's afterwards, just come down and share with somebody what God's been speaking to you about. This. We're going to sing our last song. It's, this is my desire to honour you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. All I have within me, I give you praise. All that I adore is in Just as we close, I'd like you to get these leaflets out. They were put in your notice sheet. You know, there are so many things in church that we just don't have enough people to do, or things that are done. I'd like to think this morning that somebody would fill this in of something that God you, something that you can do. Take your seats, please, yeah. If you don't feel you can fill it in this morning, would you take this home and would you say, God, is there something I could or I should be doing? And God will give you the strength to do that. And maybe you need to ask somebody else to help you to create that space, to become part of your adventure so you can find time to do what God would have you to be doing this morning. As I said, there will be people at the front if you want to pray. Or please share with somebody else and just pray through it. Let's do some business with God this morning. Let's not walk out of here and this go away. But let's make a real commitment to God that you're going to be the part of this body that will enable it to grow and be what God wants it to be. God bless. Thank you.